Hey guys, Alex here as always, just to tell you a couple quick things before we hop into our brand new episode, and I first want to shout off with our sponsor, Lakes. I'm not talking about a company, I'm talking about the large bodies of water. We recorded this at a lake house, the three of us hanging out, it was a great weekend, so you get that in-person chemistry we don't usually get over our normal Skype calls, and as always, if you like the pod, please subscribe, give it a review, tell your mom about it, tell your friends about it, tell whoever on the street about it, because when you do that, that's how we get people other than one of our moms listening to the podcast and some random people in other countries, even though people in other countries, we are so, so... So appreciative for you. So, without further ado, we got a lot of cool episodes coming up in the next month throughout August. We're super excited, and we're starting it off with the classic Hamilton. Let's do it. What's popping, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep it. What's going on, everybody? This is the Playside Podcast. I'm Alex in the flesh Alexander and bone, not Alex and her Hamilton. Hamilton. <laughs> Something Hamilton. Um, <laughs> Alexander. That was not hard. I said Alexander the first time. Here with my good old buddies, my good old pals, Cam Jordan, Cam. What to do? Awesome. Wow. Good bit. Thank and you. Zach. Hi. We're talking musical theater. I'm finally living my life. Yeah, we are. Zach, what is musical theater? Well, it's theater with music in it. Okay, that's a good start. So I went to sing I, and dance college, can I make and that's what I learned. Zach, since you graduated with your degree, is this the first time you've used it? The, yeah. I technically don't even have my physical degree yet. It's still somewhere in the mail. Like but the diploma? Yeah, I don't have okay. that yet. But I should have it in the next week, which is kind of cool. But also, yes. I Awesome. I, How do you feel? This is a big moment for me. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> Please don't ruin it. Yeah, I could really mess this up. So... We're talking Hamilton. Hammy baby. Hammy baby. Hambone. <laughs> so here's here's my goal. I've seen bits and pieces. I've probably listened to everything. Never all the way through. So I'm going to come at this as someone who doesn't know jack about musical theater, doesn't know a lot about Alexander Hamilton or the musical Hamilton, and I'm going to talk to two Hamilton peeps. And you are going to teach me about this musical over the course of the next two and a half hours. Okay. Two and a well, half? <laughs> and that was how we could just watch it. Yeah. <laughs> it is two hours and 45 minutes, so, so cut out like Zach, one song start, and good. And then just tell me what to rap, okay? Mm, okay, <laughs> good idea. <laughs> All right, here we go. Throw up Bakery with Zachary. Zach, what is Hamilton? Yeah, so Hamilton is... The story of the life of Alexander Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton. Nailed it, as told by Lin Manuel Miranda, um, composer and. Lin Manuel Miranda. Nailed it. <laughs> Truly, like, certifiable genius of a man, Lin Manuel Miranda. Um, it's based on the Ron Chernow biography about Alexander Hamilton. Um, basically, it tells the story of his life from um, the opening song where he's in Puerto Rico and. or maybe not Puerto Rico. He, he leaves an island to go to mainland United States yeah. before it actually was the United States, fights in the Revolutionary War, becomes the uh, speechwriter for George Washington, um, gets into a number of altercations with Aaron Burr, and then eventually dies in a duel with him. And it is, is all about him trying to craft a legacy and trying to make sure that he's going to be remembered. So this man dies in a duel? Yeah, he dies in a duel. That's really cool. Can we end this podcast in a three-man duel? 
<laughs> but do we mean truel? Is that a truel? Yes, I think it should be. A, a, that, yeah. It makes I'm not sure it's a thing, but I don't know we if will truel to the death. <laughs> Musically, of course. Of course. If we, if two of us shoot the same person, then they have to like reload those old timey guns real fast to try okay. to shoot the other person. Here's the thing. <laughs> Why this is like just a revolution, I guess, in musicals. If I. From looking from the outside, you're saying like, why is Hamilton as why? Special yeah, as that's my question. Why? We were kind of talking about this the other day, yeah. talking about like where Hamilton ranks amongst the most important musicals or the most like significant musicals. Right under Psych the Musical. <laughs> Cat has music in it. Right under there Cat is a, <laughs> there is a Susical the musical, and I was gonna give you that one. Oh but, yes. Um, no, but like you talk most important musicals of all time you have to talk about like Oklahoma was the first time there was dancing really in a musical uh, that was like a big deal and, and some of the other ones like Rent, Rent. nice Five wow that. that's impressive one of the only other nine to win a Pulitzer Prize nailed it yeah. absolutely yeah this musical won a Pulitzer Prize and the other ones there's a lot of them that I'm like why but uh, uh, there, most of the ones who won a Pulitzer Prize, I've never even heard of. Yeah, I think Rent was the only one on the list that I've actually seen. I've seen three of them now. I think the if we do a Rent podcast, that Kyrie will come on. I, I bet you could not pay me enough money to have Kyrie Irving on this. You podcast. are absolutely lying. I would. Right? No. you know that you would let Kyrie Irving. There come is on this podcast. no way. There's I not would a let chance Kyrie... you would turn him down. There's no way I would let him on this podcast. Uh, You're so lying to talk. yourself. I'm not all talk. I would not let Kyrie Irving on this podcast. You're telling me if I had the hookup and I could get Kyrie on this podcast, you'd say, no, we do not want him. How much money would it make us? <laughs> how many, so how many you people do you think would listen to the podcast? You. We are literally paying you to get Kyrie on this podcast. It's a whole I, point. Okay, here's Sit the thing. Down. Stand my ground. I've been sitting down. No. That's a Stand guaranteed podcast. Stand my ground. I've been sitting up. down was bars. That was bars. Speaking of bars. still stupid. There are bars in Hamilton. There, there are, are bars. for sure bars in Hamilton. Is that a first? I mean, there's not really... This is the best. It's yeah, it's Lin-Manuel Miranda's second musical. Um, was no, In the Heights, second big was it rap? In the Heights has some of it. Okay. Um, it's not as specific, but it also is still him, so there, there's some of that, but it's not to the extent that this is... Because this is essentially an opera. Like, there's no Ooh. spoken dialogue. Okay. It's if an opera, but it was all rap. So you take a rap all, uh, yes, a hip hopera, if you will. <laughs> a hip hopera. So much better. <laughs> I'm so mad I didn't come up with that. It's very good. So like when you listen to the album, it's two hours forty five minutes. There's like almost nothing that's left out of the album that's actually in the show. There's a couple little moments, but most of it is there. So, how many tracks are on it? Oh, I think the album is something like forty four tracks. So the way it's laid out is... Almost all of them are bangers, too. Part one and, and part two are split. And I think what's so unique about it is... Um, and, and, and part one, you right. get... Yes. <laughs> and part one, you get um, the Revolutionary War. Okay. You get Alexander's... You know, when he meets Aaron Burr, who ends up taking his life later in the duel, and, and he meets John Lawrence and uh, Hercules Mulligan. He meets his group, um, Lafayette, and, and they develop this relationship, and they go on, they fight, and it ends with Yorktown and, and him kind of starting the country, and then you get the intermission. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the second half, what's interesting is a lot of those guys who played his posse in the first those part, three, yeah. Lafayette, Hercules Mulligan, and John Lawrence, all change. They, those same actors become different characters in the second part. So the guy who played Lafayette isn't 
relevant when you're talking about the beginning of developing the nation. So the guy who played him is now the guy, same guy who plays Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Ah. It's dual casting stuff. So Hercules Mulligan becomes jo- uh, James Madison. James Madison. And then Lafayette becomes Jefferson, and Lawrence becomes Philip, his son. So, like, the, there's a sort of duality to the way that those actors work, because in the opening song, they do, like, lyrics that are doubled, so all the cast gets these call-outs that are like, we fought with him, we died for him. And the, the two that say we fought for him, fought with him, are his friends in the first act, um, Lafayette and Hercules Mulligan, and then in the second act are fighting with him as in fighting against him. Yeah. Ah. Because Jefferson and Madison are the two that are fighting against him. And then um, John Lawrence, a.k.a. Philip, says, me, I died for him. And both of those characters die like defending... Lawrence dies in the Revolutionary War and Philip dies defending the Hamilton family name. Yeah. So it's like this same actor who's saying, like, I died for him, but... Both of his characters died for him because his son died the same way. They both died. Yeah, in his a duel. son died in a duel before he did, and then By like a couple years advice. later, he died in a duel. He shot up instead of shooting at him as a way of saying like, "Hey, this I'm is me. Like, fight. I'm yeah. not gonna fight." But he still got shot. Mm-hmm. So he gave his son that advice. Philip died, and then Alexander went on to do the exact same thing with Burr, and it killed. Him. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> what you're gonna ask is a very valid question. Well, here's the thing: if you're gonna just say I don't want to fight you, Correct. just say that before you go into the duel. That is a really they had, good point. He, it's an honor thing, and that's yeah. what his his like downfall throughout the show is. He he because of his honor feels like he has to take it to the point of the duel. They they one of the songs is called Ten, Ten Dual Commandments, and one of the one of the commandments, commandments is that you have to send in like a second in command basically for each side and see if they can reconcile before they ever get to a duel and then if that doesn't work they they organize the duel and they get a doctor to show up and then before they do it on the day those two are supposed to meet up again and see if there's any chance for reconciliation and because Aaron Burr would never <clears throat> never apologize for the things that he said he felt like he still had to get to the duel but he also felt like it was the honorable thing to do because he didn't actually want to kill Aaron Burr, so he shot into the sky instead. It's actually statistically kind of an anomaly that they died that way because... Yeah, almost nobody died. 99%, like, that's an actual statistic. 99% of duels end with just them saying, hey, let's figure this out now. Because I don't want to get shot. Yeah, and then it's just over. I ain't gonna lie, man. If someone was like, hey, we either work this out or I'm gonna shoot you, (laughs) chances are... I'm probably gonna try and work it out. Yeah. I I think that's the idea. (laughs) Okay, Cam, yeah. One of the things we love to do on this podcast is to hear from our millions of listeners. Mm-hmm. One of the ways you can do that is plainsightpod at gmail.com or plainsight underscore pod on the socials. Uh, you got some good feedback about Hamilton. I did. So I, I asked the question this week to a number of people. I said, um, tell me, what would you be willing... Well, first I said, who is your favorite vocalist in Hamilton? Because there are... So many great ones. And I want to pose the same question to both of you, so think about your answers. Okay. Um, and once they told me, um, my question that I want to read to y'all is, what would you be willing to do to have their voice? Kind of like a what would you do for a Klondike bar, but with <laughs> the vocalist from Hamilton. So the first response I have is from... I punch a deer in the face. From, from Brooke Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> so she said... 
Um, her favorite is George Washington. Um, yeah. Or, oh, she said, or Aaron Burr, but as a female, it would be Eliza, and I think that's kind of how she answered it. So she said she would willingly go back in time to 1776 to meet Eliza Hamilton. Uh, she would then tell her all about what has happened and how she brought fame to her husband. Would I warn her about her husband getting shot? Absolutely not. Then we will not. Uh, then paradox. we would not get the show. Will I warn her about her son getting shot? Perhaps, but Quiet Uptown is a masterpiece. That is a good, um, which good. also it is interesting that you would not warn somebody that their child is going to get shot because you like a song. Because you like the song. It. But that's, well, a, that's a banger. The kid must die. <laughs> she said, "I would then get it written. I would then get written consent from Eliza that I am to play her on Broadway. Then Ooh. I will go back in time again to when I am younger and be trained by the best of the best and show them fil- uh, videos of Philippa Sue, uh, and that's um, and say that this is what I must become, uh, and that's what I would do. That's a great. Okay, answer. can I, a great before answer. we hot dive into this? Can I just say?" The Garrickies never disappoint. The Garrickies no, yet are to disappoint. 100 every time they respond into this 100%. show. I love it. I'm going to start just reaching out to them. <laughs> just <straight laughs> every everybody episode. else. Every I don't even have to know Cam's what we're talking phone, about. And I see a huge paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is going to be a great answer. Big shout out to the Garrickies. In between, can I give you my answer? Sure. I, I want to spin zone. I want to zag a little bit. Ooh, zag it Zig up. for me. I would... Eat a squirrel raw. <laughs> Eat a raw squirrel. To have whose voice? The mind of Lin Manuel. Oh, that's an that's excellent answer. Hundred percent. If you, I would, I eat would multiple do, raw squirrels. I would, yeah, I would eat it. I don't. Four. I don't think that list ends. I would take a bite out of an onion raw. We did that we did willingly that, last night. I did that yesterday, <laughs> and it didn't work. We almost okay, all okay, threw up. Squirrel. I would manufacture a system where I had to catch a squirrel with my bare hands and eat a bite out of it like an apple while still squirming like in my hands. Catching a fish out of a river. Like bear grill is like I'm not gonna pee on myself. <laughs> That's a good call. It's but would you? I mean, if I had to. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to not pee on myself just for dignity purposes. If I got to pee on myself to get the job done, then I'll get the job done. But. Can I move on to another answer? I'm scared. Yeah. I would do a lot of things. I would do a lot of things to have the mind of that man. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Without, I, do another that answer. Be one of my hot takes is that I think he right now has the greatest understanding of music of any content it's, creator right now. He has an incredible like way with lyrics, especially. Just I mean, I mean, he's he's a guy. His whole thing is like freestyling and hip hop. Like he understands the English language better than arguably anyone else working right well, now. Well, and I don't know his connection to the, you know the instrumental pieces and and the the musicality behind that piece of the, the composition right. of the show, but because it, it has another composer on the show, and, and I'm sure more. that he didn't have a say in, in everything that happened. But I was listening to some of the drum beats and some of the connections between the, mm-hmm. the lyrics and the the rhythms and the it was incredible. I mean, yeah. it truly is. Um, Bailey Garricky responded yes, Garricky. Um, and up. said. Same as her sister, uh, George Washington, for the male, Eliza, for the female. Um, and so when I said, what would, what would you do for their Klondike bar? She said, uh, the amount of fame that it would give me, um, I'm almost afraid I would become too powerful. That being said, I would 100% <laughs> do just about anything. Uh, I'd give up any children I may have on accident. Uh, never watch Hamilton <laughs> again. Live apart. Live apart my family. Um, not a live apart from my family, just live just apart from my family. Live apart from my family. But she does draw the line at giving up Harry Styles. Whoa. That, 
That's that. Uh, that's in character. That makes sense. Um, was she wrong? Would you give up John Mayer? Oh no! Then it's the same. That's what I'm saying. Is she <laughs> wrong? As yeah, I'm, yeah. I am in agreeance. An agreeance? An agreement? Agreement. That's what I usually say. Um, agreeance is a word, isn't it? Maybe. I didn't write Hamilton. I don't know all the words. Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my, my answer to this, I'll give it before I give this next one, is quite simply, I would lick the shoe of every runner in the latest Chicago Marathon um, as they cross the finish line. For who? Four? I think I got it. Mm, it's, it's really close between Christopher Jackson and Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah. Leslie Odom Jr. sounds like he should be on a baseball team. He kind of does. Like That's he's like a really fast team. center fielder? Yeah. He sounds yeah. like an outfielder. Is there any chance Leslie Odom Jr. is athletic? Absolutely. Like, do, do you think so? I don't know if he's like an uh, like coordinated. Like, yes, he obviously but anybody who can be on Broadway I was gonna say, he's is able to move to be a dancer and has great breath. He but may can not he have, hit dingers? Can he hit dingers? Question. <laughs> I think if I think if he did that instead of training his voice all his life, he could probably hit dingers. Yeah, maybe a dinger. At least a dinger or ten and, and dinger. And dinger. He could hit and dinger. If Bartolo Colon can hit and dinger. Well, at the Buckner High School, my name is Ann Danger. Okay, um, this next answer comes from uh, a friend, Michaela Edson, and she said, what does this mean? Uh, she says, I have no clue what kind of answer you're looking for, but for me sp specifically, I have a passion for performing, so this is actually a question I face a lot, uh, even now uh, when I don't perform anymore. I've learned that I would do a lot. I never had the money for voice lessons, so I taught myself and paid attention to friends who took them and just practice, practice, practice to make myself a better performer. But ultimately, and this is where it gets interesting. She said, while performing theater is a huge passion, an even bigger one is teaching theater. So most of my time and resources would go to learning how to do that instead. So I guess my answer is I would love to have the power behind the voice, but I recognize I'd rather help others get there first. Oh, that's <laughs> biblical. That's biblical. That's for sure. That'll preach. Oh. Right. Um, I like that answer a lot. That's better than anything I was about to say. I, yeah. It was, I'll probably still say it. but like, Go for better. it. Let's hear it. Um, I... I would kill to be able to do what David Diggs can do. Okay, when you say kill, so, so I wasn't. Who gonna, or what are you killing? Well, okay, what I was actually going to do was, <laughs> was not that, but um, then you shouldn't have said you would kill. Listen, I as previously mentioned, I went to sing and dance college, um, so like this is what I try to do. So I have like worked on my actual singing voice, but David Diggs, I, I'm I'm going to pretend like this is within the parameters of the question that if I choose to be Diggs, I can do what he does in Guns and Ships, and I can I can rap six words a minute, and like all the stuff he does in in clipping the group that he's in. Six words a minute is or six words a second. <laughs> I can probably get six words a minute. <laughs> I bet this podcast average is at least six words a minute. My name six is words. Joe. You're, now we can't talk for the next fifty three seconds. No, I hate this. Okay. <laughs> No, but I was ready to go over a minute of silence. Guns and Shifts is six words a second, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And if I could, if I could uh, get that ability, what I decided is that I would go back and do middle school again. Oh, if, I, if that would get me David Diggs' ability to move at that pace, I would go back and do. Do all you get three to years of middle skip school high school? And no, just go no, come I back would. To life? I would go now. Do another three years of middle school. Put everything else on hold. If that would give me David Diggs. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay, okay, okay. I would do middle school a second time because I think we can all agree middle school is the worst. Can I rap fast? No. 
I just finished the 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Middle school? That was so okay. funny. <laughs> I went through so many different O rhymes in the whole thing. I was like, could it say so? Um, no. Go. But I actually kind of enjoyed middle school. See, I hated middle school. Middle, middle school was not middle school. I, I hated high school, school more. Mm. I had different pieces of high school. High school was rough. I also just hadn't figured out what I wanted to do in middle school. So, like, I was bored all the time. I didn't do theater until high school. That's fair. So, and I, I would go do sad, boring middle well, school again if it he, meant I could be Debbie Diggs. So, when you say Debbie Diggs, does that also give you the power to take one of the most historically racist people in the world and make them an absolute gangster? Yeah. Because that's exactly what he did. It, it really was did. unbelievably impressive. Yeah, and they talked about, like, the sort of cognitive dissonance of, like, a bunch of men of color playing... Jefferson and Hamilton and George Washington, like these people who we know were slave owners, and like that's that's what their history is. Right. But trying, they're that's not the mission. You know, Hamilton never claims to be history. It's a story about history, but it, you know, the very first moment of the show is Lin Manuel Miranda, a thirty-nine-year-old Latinx man playing nineteen-year-old Alexander Hamilton. Right. Like you can't pretend that that is the final version of history in the same way that. Lion Hamilton. King. Well, yeah, like Hamilton like, thinking, and, like any Broadway musical, like you don't expect people to right. like. It's not a literal lion up there. Hamilton and and Thomas Jefferson didn't get into rap battles in the cabinet because Although, it would have been cool. Congress they did. would be a lot cooler. Congress would be and you probably get a lot more. Can done. you imagine Mitch McConnell versus Alexandria Ocasio Cortez bars in Congress? Yes, I can. Um, I can imagine who would lose. <laughs> Yes, I can. Can you imagine Mitch McConnell's turtle-looking self <laughs> trying to rap? Now, let's not get that's, political. That's six words a minute right there. Yeah. I I think... That's two. Maybe... Three. Guns four. are good. Nailed it. And then he doesn't talk, and he's done. Snowflake. <laughs> And um, moving on. No, I, I think I think that's what's so cool about it is it, it kind of, even though I, I it's not realistic, but the way to like write minorities into the history of America because they they were such a big part in fighting in that war right. and and developing the country, although they don't always get credit for it. So I think to write them in and give almost like give them respect as founding fathers in the image of what we mm. think founding fathers look like of Thomas Jefferson and and although we know that Thomas Jefferson was not black, it's cool to see a black man representing a founding father. Yeah, that's a really interesting way to look at it. And so I think it kind of creates that image and it almost empowers the minority community a little bit, which is which is super cool. And especially like right now, it is a big thing going around on Twitter before it came out on Disney+. Plus. It was like, hey, when you watch this, remember that the people who are displaying, like, like the actors that are displaying the people in the musical, based on who they're portraying, didn't deserve rights. Right. And, like, that's a fascinating concept. And how hard that would be yeah. to, like, be Thomas Jefferson and think to yourself this entire time, he didn't He didn't think I was even a person. Yeah. Which is just why. It's super interesting. And I think that's me. why it's as as cool as... That's another, you know, you asked why. I think that's... I think that's why. It's so unique in that sense. There's yeah. something powerful about... I don't want to say rewriting history, but um, holding history accountable yeah. in a way that says, you did this wrong, so we're going to shove it in your face. Yeah. Mm. And we can do it better. 
Yeah. 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 Like, this is how this should have happened, mm -hmm. almost. Um, yeah, I like that. It's a weird concept, but... No, so you want to just talk about it for the next 24 hours? 24 minutes? However long. <laughs> yeah, let's just talk about well, it. Well, if we can only go six <laughs> words a minute, it might it's, take it's us 24 take hours. Us that long. <laughs> okay, big themes. Yeah, so the undeniable big theme of Hamilton is legacy. You can boil it down to one word. Right. The big moment at the end of the show, there's a sort of a freeze frame moment where Hamilton sort of direct addresses the audience. Um, it's as the bullet is flying from Burr's gun to him. The, the, it takes a moment of pause, and he does this whole monologue um, where he talks about legacy. What is a legacy? It's planting seeds in a garden you never get to see. He's talking about, like, that's what he was so focused on his whole life. And there's so many times where he's focused on his legacy, and it makes him miss what's happening around him. Right. You know, he gets, in, in Act 2 and in real life, he cheated on his wife while she was out of town. And he paid money to her husband to keep it quiet. And it was a whole thing where eventually Jefferson and Madison found out about it. And as the you know, treasury, like... Right, they found out that he was paying money to someone, they didn't know why, but right. since he was the secretary of the treasury, it looks like he's embezzling from the United States government, and right. they're trying to shut him down. Hot take, that's bad. Yeah. Hot, hot take, take both are bad. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, hot take, both of those, don't do them. Yeah. But they confront him about it, and he's like, um, no, I didn't actually do that, uh, but here's what I did do, and it's we keep this between us. <laughs> pretty bad. But yeah. in the end, he's a... I think he's afraid that that information is going to get out. And so he publishes what he calls the Reynolds pamphlet, because uh, her name was Mariah Reynolds, publishes the Reynolds pamphlet in which he details, like, the whole Everything. course of their engagement, uh, entanglement, entanglement, if you will. <laughs> entanglement. <laughs> <laughs> but had not talked to his wife about it. So, like, she found out by reading the newspaper that he had cheated on her. And I think... I think that really sums up, like, I don't think Hamilton is meant to be the ideal that you shoot for in this show, yeah. because he's deeply flawed still. You know, he's a, he's a guy who gets so single-mindedly focused on one thing that quite consistently he misses what's around him. He also is so focused on defending his honor to Aaron Burr that despite his wife begging him not to, he goes and dies on a duel. Yeah. Like, so, so what I came up with as my, like, point was not letting your public image overcome your morality. I think yeah. we get, you know, now a lot of times what we get stuck in is that we want to make sure that outwardly we are seen as good and we are seen as right and perfect because, you know, as Christians, we are, like, meant to be examples, you know? But I think sometimes we get so focused on making sure that everyone sees us as good and nice and perfect that what goes by the wayside is self-betterment, is working on our own flaws, is reaching out to the people around us that might need us. And like the way that Paul talked about being all things to all people, I think if we get so focused on being perfect all the time, we lose the ability to reach out to some people because they're going to see us as high and mighty perfect instead. And instead of engaging our flaws and and working with those but also recognizing and accepting them and using those as touchstones for people who aren't already christians who aren't you know who are struggling in their own ways um 
doing that is so important as opposed to trying to manicure our perfection and trying to make sure that we are seen as high and mighty. I don't know. Yeah, well, so I think um, I can kind of relate to that a little bit because I think if we were to kind of nail Hamilton down on the Enneagram, I think he's a textbook three. And, and I, I think looking at my life, I can see kind of how, you know, the striving for success and how, you know, threes are, their biggest fear is, is failure. And for him, he mentioned multiple times, I mean, one of his first lines to Aaron Burr is, um, well, what is it, like, what do you, what do you, what if you, you stand for nothing, what do you fall for? Yeah, and, and just kind of like, are you willing to die for what you care about? Yeah. One of his main lines is, I imagine death so much, it looks like a memory. Like, he envisioned working himself to death his whole life. Mm -hmm. That it was normal. So when it happened for him, he was just like, okay, it's here. Like, this moment is is here. And so I think it, it really does kind of go in with that of he had this outward expression of success. Everybody's like, oh, you know, he climbed to the top as, as a lawyer. He, he was super successful with that and was always the smartest person in the room. Yeah. And he was a gifted writer. Like, as as gifted a writer that was around. I mean, they, they talked about, you know, the, the eight, was it 85 essays? Where yeah. John Jay wrote five, was Madison? Yeah, wrote James Madison 25, wrote 25. Yeah. And then Hamilton wrote 51. Like, yeah. the man was unreal when it came to that stuff. But on the inside, he was he was deeply struggling with, the legacy he was creating and if anything that he was doing was actually worth it because when you chase success i mean it's always chasing after the next thing because you get it and you find out ah, it's not good enough mm -hmm. so let me chase after the next thing and the next thing and the next thing when in reality paul you know i think one of we can say the other gifted writers in the history <laughs> of the world was able to write a book on joy while being in prison and you look at the contrast between two different writers and where they were writing from Paul writing from joy in one of the least joyful places. And Hamilton, who was one of the most known men in a country who was well-respected and, and seen as a leader, was clearly being terrorized on the inside mm -hmm. because of that contrast of, of where their passion was coming from. Uh, when you talk about legacy, I'm going to try not to be too pastory. Um, <laughs> it starts with identity. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times, especially when we become so image conscious and we become so success driven, we can get lost in our identity and maintaining that. Yeah. We think that our current identity is what's going to define our legacy. And so it happens a lot with leaders where they get so caught up in trying to preserve their identity, trying to preserve what's going on uh, and preserve their image that they end up completely burying themselves in something that's never who they were in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And they spend so much time fighting to try and preserve what they want people to think about them that actually no true legacy work that they want to do is going to come out of it because they're working in the past. Yeah. And when you talk about legacy and faith and identity... What we have to understand is the line about plants and never getting to see them grow. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a part of me that 
when I think legacy, I think of family. Yeah. You know, when I think legacy, I think of how can I, as a leader and future leader, continue to build the future leaders after me? Yeah. Mm. How can I live my life in a way that I make an impact 100, 200 years down the road and no one knows my name? Because when we adopt Christ's name as Christians, it is no longer about our identity per se, but our identity in Christ. So our legacy becomes furthering his legacy. Yeah, yeah, that's good. really good. And we can get so caught up in wanting to, especially, especially Christians, uh, get so caught up in wanting to look good and wanting to be acceptable and wanting to look successful and wanting to look um, pleasing to the people around us and like we are up to par with what they want, that we completely miss the point of all of it. That we talk about kingdom work, but really all we're doing is trying to preserve something that shouldn't matter and is dead anyways. Yeah. And that being myself. And when I hear you guys talk about this, when I hear about Hamilton, when I listen to the tracks, what I hear is someone that is so head over heels in his own mess that he's never going to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And he ends up dying trying to preserve what he's been fighting against. Mm -hmm. And he has to spend, at the end, going to explain what he should have tackled head on the moment it happened. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Can I can I throw another uh, another theme at you? Do it. From a different character, um, from Aaron Burr. So what, what's interesting about uh, this musical is, although Hamilton is the main guy, obviously it's his story we're telling, you're seeing the story of all sorts of characters. I, I think... Um, uh, well, I'll save that take for silly, silly swings. But um, Aaron Burr is one. He's the narrator of the entire thing. It's it's Leslie Odom Jr. that is walking you through in between different um, acts to to tell you what's going on. Um, and there's so much foreshadowing. It's it's fascinating. One thing that he always talks about, and especially in the song "Wait for It," is Aaron Burr is so slow. Are you wanting me to wait for it? I was waiting for it. Okay. Uh, Aaron Berry is so slow to act. And, and one of his things is he, he kind of waits to see which way the wind blows on a topic. So let's say we're arguing about something. He wants to see where the momentum is leading before he, he follows. He's a, he's a bandwagon fan. He's a LeBron fan. Ugh. You know what I mean? And <laughs> so, That's and, the new Chiefs fans this year. And Yeah, yeah oh. absolutely. And so what's That's fascinating about... Aaron Burr is, you know, even growing up a, a history nerd, Aaron Burr gets left out of everything. Yeah. Because ultimately, like, he didn't I ain't never do, heard of Cuzzo. He really didn't... Well, you also probably didn't go to history class in high school. But... I went to history class. I didn't go to anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aaron Burr, like, is left out of a lot of those conversations. And he even talks about it in the musical, one of the big songs is The Room Where It Happens, and he talks about he was left out of this big conversation between Jefferson Madden, uh, Madison and Hamilton um, where they decided you know, where the state capitol was going to go, and Hamilton walked out with all this power, and he says, I want to see how the process works. Yeah. Because he's left out of it. And, you know, he confronts George Washington in Act 1 and says, like, hey, you know, let me help out, and he's like, who are you? Like, yeah. you're not relevant. 
And I think that's what makes Burr mad and why later on when Hamilton doesn't endorse him and says, it's because no one knows what you stand for. Right. You are nothing. You don't have an opinion. And so it's better. What, what's the, the big quote that a lot of people have been throwing around? It's, um, I'd rather be divisive than indecisive. Than indecisive. Um, get out with all the niceties. Drop Something, the niceties. Drop the yeah. niceties. Basically saying, like, I'd rather split people than just see where the wind blows and take whichever side wins. Yeah. And um, one of the, the big quotes that I love is from the song Wait For It. Um, and it, it's where Wait he says, um, I am the one thing in life I can control. And he's basically saying, I'm going to see where everything goes. And the one thing in life that I'm going to control is me. So I'm going to follow the momentum. I'm going to follow the wave. Um, and I think it's just big to, to kind of focus on. Hamilton was probably a little too much the opposite side. Yeah. These two are both ends of a spectrum. One is way too divisive, way too emotionally driven, way almost too much of an entrepreneur in this way. And the other one is kind of lazy and just sitting there, just waiting to see what happens and following the momentum. And I think we need to be in the middle. We need to be leading a charge, but from the right place. Yeah. So wait, you're telling me Hamilton is Gary V. And Aaron Burr are the people who retweet <laughs> Gary Vee. <laughs> yes. That's, that's very exactly good. what it is. That's really funny. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You summarized what I had to say <laughs> in a sentence, and I'm really proud of you because that was good. I think that's really good, and I'm going to let you leave it there because I have nothing to add. <laughs> that was fantastic. Zach, do you have anything? No, I'm, I'm ready to swing on into the Are we going to get silly by Let's get silly. Let's get silly. Uh, a Hamilton. Yes, that is what we're talking about. One of the most boring names of all of the characters. Interesting. As one of the most exciting Are you characters. Alexander? Mm, well, yeah. But yeah. Alex? Alex? Boring name. Alexander Hamilton? Should have gone by Xander. Alexander like, Hamilton. Name off some of the other names. Just go. Thomas Jefferson. Lafayette. Okay, Marquis Lafayette. Lafayette is Hercules, Hercules Mulligan. Hercules Mulligan is, is the good. one that was in my brain. His show was, or his character was written to mimic Buster Rhymes. Yeah. Literally, if you watch it, his character when it's basically the way you get away, but you don't. Know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's literally, that's literally like how his, his stuff is written. So cool. He when when he was casting it when he was writing, he said, "I am picturing Buster Rhymes, and if I could pick anybody, it would be him." Which it's is fascinating. so cool. I miss Buster. I wonder how he's doing. He was on the mixtape, which was kind of cool. Which was also produced by the Roots, which was kind of sick. It's true. The mixtape was cool. Here's the thing. <laughs> we went off on a tangent, but... Me and Zach had a weird eye contact right there. Zach, what do you have for us? So before we do anything, um, I'm actually going to get up and move around this room. Because i got to go check to see who's going to play first. So i got this uh, pan of mac and cheese in here. I'm just going to... It's in, it's in the sink. <laughs> it's in the sink. Put it in the sink. Let's get open it up and uh, see if I can. You know what's crazy? Is the noodles are C shaped, so I think Cam's going first. This what? Week. No, they're not. They are according to the fiction of this <laughs> podcast. So this week, oh, according to the Constitution, just put like a like a block in there that I just has a C. Put something in there. You like prepped for that moment <laughs> for weeks. So what we're, <laughs> what we're playing this week, and this is why Cam or Alex and I had a 
an eye contact moment is, are they on the Hamilton mixtape? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that this is coming? Yeah, Cam. We talked about we it in talking, the car exactly. all the way here. If Cam has listened to this mixtape, then Alex, you lose tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to this mixtape almost as much of as, as I've listened to the actual. Well, hopefully I've gone um, specific enough that some of the things might still throw you. Um, but basically the game we're playing is you get a multiple choice question. Kendrick Lamar. No. Don't don't say Kendrick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is that's how I'm gonna help you. If uh, I'm gonna give you a multiple choice answer, one of the people in my list was on the Hamilton mixtape. You gotta tell me which one it was. It's a relatively simple game, and I'm for sure gonna throw it to the bonus round this time because I think it's a lot of fun. So I'm just telling you right now, I'm on board. You're gonna get the bonus round Let's question. Let's do it. Cam, question number one goes to you. Which recent rapper makes an appearance on the mixtape? Sure. Is it A. Post Malone? Is it B. Chance the Rapper. Is it yeah. C, J. Cole? <laughs> or is it D, DJ Khaled? I even know which Chance the Rapper. It's Chance the Rapper. Well, then you're fine, you Alex. No, I'm not, because he got the point. Well, here, try the next one. And this one was the one that became surprisingly prescient via our conversation um, merely an hour ago. Which American Idol winner sings It's Quiet Up? <laughs> okay. <laughs> is it A, Kelly Clarkson? Is it B, Carrie Underwood? Is it C, Jordan Sparks, or is it D, one of the other ones? I don't know. I want it to be D. I want it to be D so bad. Um, what is it? Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood, Jordan Sparks, or one of the other ones. I couldn't tell you any other notable American Idol winner. Although until, you can. Until we had the conversation earlier. You could. <laughs> when I wrote this, I couldn't come up with any other ones. Off it's the Carrie of Underwood. It's Kelly Clarkson. Unfortunately, it's Kelly Clarkson, <laughs> and this game has really swung in a specific <laughs> direction. No! <laughs> Alex, this one might not be your week. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> Round number two. Cam, uh, one on lead, but still anybody's game. Which performer from the soundtrack of Fury 7 makes an appearance on the mixtape? Is it A, Lil Jon, B, Most Def, C, Wiz Khalifa, or D, Vin Diesel? Wiz Khalifa. Now, of course it's Wiz <laughs> Khalifa. Washington's on your side. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> Just throw me the question. 2-0 to Cam. Alex. I'm going to cuss. Which, <laughs> which 2014 tar... Chart-topping pop singer. Why did I write that phrase? Tart. <laughs> Chart-topping chart chart pop singer. That's lemon tart. But not <laughs> it's lemons. <laughs> Tart-chopping. <laughs> Slicing up them lemon tarts real tiny. It's Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart. <laughs> Which 2014 chart-topping pop singer joined Queen Latifah on the song Helpless? Is it A, Taylor Swift? B, Lana Del Rey? C, Sia, or D, the cast of Frozen? Sia. That is correct! Let's go! Good job. Listen, I listened to the mixtape like two years ago. Yeah, hey, listen. And she killed it. She does a killer job. That's exactly how that song goes. Anyway, yeah. this one's just... You could, you're going to have it before I'll even read the options. But Michael Jackson. Which late night host got to cover You'll Be Back? Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, Fallon, James Cooper, <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel, or old retired letterman with a beard? Of course it's Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. He sings You'll Be Back. It's really good. And it was produced by The Roots. Yeah, it was. Uh, the roots were not an option here because I knew we would that would be too easy. Yeah. Uh, Alex, it's three to one in Cam's favor. I'm gonna I gotta tell you that now. Um, <laughs> but this still this Speaking could still of Kyrie. be a game. Alex, icky. Which which certified hipster sings Dear Theodosia with King of the Music nerds Ben Folds? Is it A Fiona Apple. I love Ben Folds. B Ingrid Michaelson. C Regina Spector. Or D Zoe Deschanel as every character she's ever played. B. <laughs> Unfortunately, the correct answer was C, Regina Spector. I don't even know who that is. Well, then that makes this a little difficult. This is <laughs> this is good because it is the question that I thought Cam 
might get wrong. Uh, Cam. Get it wrong, get it wrong, get it wrong. An actor from which famous movie franchise makes an appearance on the mixtape? A, The Avengers. B, Star Wars. C, Men in Black. Or D, Grown Ups. Star Wars. <laughs> Uh, give, give them to me again. This is this is a tough one. Uh, the last ones are hard. A, The Avengers. B, Star Wars. C, Men in Black. Or, and really consider this, D, Grown Ups. <laughs> uh, uh, is that Grown Ups? I don't... Uh, what, was, what was the first one? The Avengers. Uh, Avengers. I, I, I don't think it's Avengers. Unless it'd be like Jeremy Renner. Please and it's be not, Grown and Ups. Not on it. Wouldn't it be wild <laughs> if it was Grown Ups? Like, Adam Sandler! <laughs> They put the Hanukkah song it's on Star Wars. the mixtape. You're right. It because it's, it, he, it's, he's it's got the line about... Yeah, 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 he yeah. does, he does yeah. Empire Strikes Back. That's a clean sweep. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot that I knew that. That's a clean sweep for Cam, but Alex, this is your chance to feel good about yourself right here at the end. Which EGOT makes an appearance on the mixtape? Is it A, Whoopi Goldberg? B, Lin, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda? C, John Legend? Or D, Tracy Jordan from 30 Rock? Yeah, this really made you think, didn't it? Whoopi Goldberg. The correct answer was John Legend. Lin-Manuel Miranda is obviously on it, but he does not have his EGOT yet because he was robbed of his Oscar. John Legend, John Legend felt too obvious. Yeah, I know. I know it did. I wanted it to be Whoopi even when I was writing this. Find the other water bottle, I'd throw that again. <laughs> this for you. This That's full. a full one. <laughs> I was, I've got to be honest, I was afraid this would happen, but uh, Cam, you are the winner this week. But Alex, for three points yes the bonus question it's a Is score of four to two tie? right now oh okay. four to two I, maybe i don't know we're gonna say it's four to two for enough points <laughs> four to, to win two? the game fortitude for five points <laughs> the bonus round both of you write a lyric for a possible addition to the mixtape best bar wins best bar wins this is, we're going to have to cut out some dead audio here. That's yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we are. Let's think. So, we have, uh, I, I want it to be something about Alex so bad, but nothing <laughs> rhymes with Alex. <laughs> I was going to Xander. I'll be like, yeah, my name is Hamilton, first name Alex, something something orange. <laughs> <laughs> Finish that bar and it's real good. Come on. <laughs> Best bar wins. Alex, I will give you this honorary oh, game man. if you win this competition. <laughs> I'll give you a secondary Laffery with Zachary win. This is a two-game episode now. I wish I knew how to play that on guitar. Oh, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm, hold on, i got to write this out because I've almost got one. I'm only looking for one bar here. This is basically a couplet. You ready? Let's go. My name is Alexander Hamilton. Mm. I like the Constitution. Okay. But we're gonna spit bars. Uh huh. About a stupid institution. Oh! That's kind of a bar. That's kind of a bar. That's low key. That's bars. Well, bars. Convolution. Nailed it. <laughs> Revolution. Crushed it. Cam, you ready? This is really dumb. It's perfect. My name is Alexander Teenage Hamilton. Hamilton. Okay? It's time we dump Trump. <laughs> okay. Because that man, he's a dump truck. That's all I got. Wow, that was <laughs> magical. And hey, please tell me I did not win that. 
<laughs> secondary laughter with Zachary Wynn this week clearly goes to Alex. Yeah, Hunts. it does. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Cam won the real game, but when we turn the bonus question into its own game, Alex, you get that one all day long. Good job, then. I like it. Um, there was definitely a, a, a leg up in, in one half of that first game, and I will not deny that. <laughs> I like that game. That was my favorite game we've done so far. Here's the thing. <laughs> As a protest, we're going to end the podcast right now. Can I give a swing? It's just silly, over. Silly swing? Silly swing, and then we're ending it. You have the power to tell him no. This musical <laughs> is just as much about Eliza as it is oh, for sure. Alexander, and I think her legacy is 100% times better than Alexander's. The name Eliza scares times. me. <laughs> was that a silly swing or just something you wanted to talk about real quick can we talk about it later <laughs> yes of course we okay. can oh, yeah, it's Zach your phone's about to die I think ah! I think we just we just can we just be done I think we did a, I think we did I a think podcast we did a good we did a podcast we did a good job sure. cool this, this is Plainsight Podcast. Hit us up. Plainsight underscore pod on the Twitters, the Instagrams, Plainsight Pod, on the Facebooks, and please send us your mail at plainsightpod at gmail.com. We love you. We thank you. Peace out. Girl Scout, wash your hands.